This is an ICGC Cornerstone podcast. At Cornerstone, we believe in the power of the Word of God to transform lives and empower people to influence their generation. And now, time for the message. Today I have a message for you from the Lord and I've entitled it, Stand Your Ground. This morning we are going to pray. And so if you came to church wanting to relax and to sit down, you came in the wrong season because it's 40 days of power and we are going to draw from God and we are going to pray. So I'll exhort what I think will be for a few minutes and then we would pray. Are you ready? Stand your ground. We serve a God who constantly blesses us. We serve a God who constantly loads goodness and good things in our lives. However, it's interesting that though we experience the blessings of God day in and day out, for some reason we lose it. We pray to God for the dream job and God gives you that dream job. And along the way you lose it. You pray for God for that marriage, and God gives you that marriage. And and along the way, we lose it. When God gives you something, it's yours. When God gives you something, you possess it. When God gives you something, you are the owner of it. However, just because it is yours doesn't mean that it's going to stay with you forever. There will be fights that you have to fight. And there will be attacks that would come your way. The enemy, we want to take from you that which God has given to you. The enemy is always on an agenda to steal and to kill and to destroy what is already yours. He wants to take away your joy. He wants to take away your peace. He wants to take away your healing. He wants to take away your progress. He wants to take away your promotion. He wants to take away your marriage. He wants to take away your business. Therefore, it is our responsibility as followers of Jesus to learn to defend that which God has given to us. It's our responsibility to stand our ground and defend our portion. The expression stand your ground is actually a law. And it's a law that gives people the permission and the right to use deadly force when they believe it's necessary to defend themselves against certain crimes. And I know that nobody is coming to you this morning with sticks and stones and a gun pointed at you wanting to take your life. I know that probably nobody has threatened that you have meant you, I'm going to kill you. But we have an enemy that is constantly on the rampage. We have an enemy that is constantly on the mission to kill and to steal and to destroy. The fact that you don't see him doesn't mean that he's not there. He is constantly interested in who and whom God is interested in. So it's our responsibility to stand our ground. And to take hold of that which God has already given to us. And that's what we are going to do this morning. Let's open our Bibles to 2 Samuel. 2 Samuel. We're going to read from uh, chapter 23. And we'll read from verses 8 to 12. 2 Samuel 23, 8 to 12. If your neighbor doesn't have a Bible, you know what to do. You know what to do. 
You want to share? Sharing is caring. Second Samuel 23, 8 to 12. This is an account in the Bible of a group of people that God describes as mighty men of David. These are people that God describes that they are mighty. As you know, David was a warrior. As you know, David was a military man. And David surrounded himself with people that he called the mighty men. In today's days, these are probably special task force agents. These are probably commandos. These are people that are specially trained to execute special tasks for the military. And the Bible takes its time to talk to us about three mighty men of David. But this morning, we'll, we'll read about the three, but I'm going to focus on just one of them. Second Samuel 23, 8 to 12. These were the names of the mighty men whom David had. Joseph Bashabeth, the Tachmonite, chief of the captains. He was also called Adino the Esnite because he had killed 800 men at one time. This is a good place to just, just soak it, soak that point in. This guy, this guy is strong. Verse 9. After him was Eliezer, the son of Dodo, the Ahohite, one of the three mighty men with David, when they defied the Philistines who were gathered there for battle. And the man of Israel and the men of Israel had retreated. He arose and attacked the Philistines until his hand was weary and his hand stuck to his sword. The Lord brought about a great victory that day and the people returned after him to plunder. Verse 11. And after him was Shammah, that's who we are focusing on today, the son of Agi the Hararite. The Philistines had gathered together into a troop where there was a piece of ground full of lentils. So the people fled from the Philistines, but he stationed himself and in the middle of the field, defended it and killed the Philistines so that the Lord brought about a great victory. This story takes place at a time different from ours. It takes place at a time where there was no AU or EU or ECOWAS. There were no treaties to declare that this is your sovereignty. This is your territorial sovereignty. So nobody can touch what is yours. In these days, a way to gain wealth is not to produce. It's not to be productive, but to actually go into warfare. What you produce can easily be taken away from you. And the only way you can make wealth is if you go for somebody's harvest, somebody's produce. And one of the constant enemies of the Israelites were the Philistines. And it was because they were neighbors. They, they were right next to each other. And any time that the Israelites did something profitable, any time that the Israelites did something that was just about to bear fruit, any time that the Israelites did something productive, these guys showed up. Anytime that the Israelites put hard work together and it was about to reap a fruit, the Philistines would show up. The Bible tells us that they developed a farm. They developed a farm full of lentils. It became a huge farm. 
And along the way, as this thing began to bear fruit, all of a sudden, the Philistines show up. What they have labored for, what they had believed God for, what they had probably prayed for, what they had trusted God for, all of a sudden, someone was going to take it from them. And they were going to take it at the right moment when it was time to harvest. The enemy will always be after your blessing. The enemy would always want what God has given to you. He always seeks after your portion. And this morning, we are going to learn to defend our portion. Your portion might not be a lentil field, but I'm going to define to you what your portion is. So what is your portion? Your portion is the destiny that God has designed for you. God has a destiny for you. And God has a destiny for me. He has a place for you in his plans. He has a place for me in his plans. The destiny that you have is your future. It's the future plans that God has for you. It's the future purpose that God has for you. It's the future place that God has for you. And it also includes your spiritual heritage. It includes your salvation, your relationship with God, the provisions and the promises that God has made available to you, divine healing, abundant life. All of those things are part of your destiny. These are your blessings. This is your portion. Whatever promise that, the, that God has made in his word, it's your destiny and it's your portion. And it's interesting that that is exactly what the enemy is going for. You should never allow anyone to tell you that you have no purpose. You should never allow anyone to tell you that you have no place in this world. Because before you came on this world, on this earth, God knew you. And he gave you a destiny and he gave you a purpose. And the enemy's goal is to distract you from getting to your destiny. The enemy knows that there's a place for you. There's a place where God is taking you to. And his goal is to distract you from being on the path to your destiny. As you are sitting here right now, you are on a path to your destiny. And the enemy is always on a mission to convince you to get away from that path. So he's going to bring to you bad friends, bad advice, bad behavior, alcoholism, drugs. Bad things will constantly come your way to distract you from where God wants to take you. The second thing is that your portion reflects your God-given gifts and talents. For us to arrive at our destiny, God has given us gifts. And God has given us talents. God has given us certain abilities in order to take advantage and to get to the destiny that he has called us to. These also include spiritual gifts. It includes the callings of God upon your life. It includes what God has chosen for you to do. They are your gifts. And although you have gifts, they may not be in operation because sometimes we allow Satan to lie to us. Sometimes we allow Satan to tell us that we do not qualify. Sometimes we allow Satan to tell us that we are not enough. 
but God has given you gifts. And tonight, this morning, we are going to pray that any lie of the enemy to take away the gifts of God embedded in us, we are taking it back. The third thing is that your portion are opportunities that God brings your way. There are opportunities that God brings your way. When you develop your gifts well, when you become a master of your gifts, God will orchestrate, he will arrange situations and events for your favor. He will arrange situations for your advantage so that you can manifest your gifts that will lead you and present you before kings. That door would open for you. And each and every single one of us have been given opportunity. Each and every single one of us have been given an advantage in life. Each and every single one of us has an open door in life. But sometimes we allow the enemy to lie to us. So that when the opportunity comes, he lies and he tells you, you don't qualify for that. He lies and he tells you, you are too late to qualify. He lies and he tells you, you are too early to qualify. He lies and he tells you, at this point, you are too old to think about doing this. Or you are too young, or you are a female, or you are an African. But God has given us opportunity. And this morning, any lie of the devil to distract us from entering into that opportunity, we are going to defend it. Finally, your portion are the achievements and the successes that you have. Everything that you have achieved, everything that you have succeeded in, everything that you have obtained in life, your relationship with God, a good name, integrity, an education, a profession, an acquisition, a business enterprise, your marriage, all that is an achievement. All that is something that you have succeeded in. And those are the things that the enemy is always going to try to come against. The things that you have toiled for, the things that you have believed God for, that is what the enemy wants. Anytime that God gives you something, Anytime that God blesses you, adversaries would come and contend with you for them. There will arrive enemies. There will arise people. There will arise Satan himself and his cohorts. Satan comes in twofold. Actually, it's threefold. He can come himself. He himself, he will come. But he also works with other spiritual entities. He works with demons and other spiritual cohorts. He can also work with people. People that submit to his authority. He can manipulate people to frustrate you and to steal from you and take away from you that which God has given to you. You don't have to invite them. You don't have to welcome them. They will come. So just know that if you are under attack, if someone is coming for what is yours, you are at the right place at the right time. It's supposed to happen. So based on the story that we read, David is with his army. And they had planted a field. 
They had toiled over that field. They had labored over that field. I believe they had even prayed for that field. They had tilled the land and broken the land. Blood and sweat and tears went into that land. They had done everything they could to believe God for rainfall. They trusted God for a seed. God gave them a seed. They planted that seed. That seed began to grow. And now that the lentils had grown to a place of maturity, then the enemies come up. Then suddenly, out of nowhere, the Philistines show up. And sometimes in life we have labored. Sometimes in life you have cried. Sometimes in life you have believed God. Sometimes in life God has given you something. And you begin to jubilate. And then all of a sudden from nowhere. The enemy comes like a raging storm. This morning we are putting a full stop at the enemy's work. In the name of Jesus we are getting there. We will pray soon. So I want you to note a few things from the scripture. The first thing is that the Philistines came in. The Philistines came in. The Bible tells us that the Philistines gathered like a troop and they came in. The enemies will come. When God blesses you, when God blesses you, expect the enemy to come. Because Satan is a gate crusher. He will gate crash into your marriage when you are at the point of enjoyment. He will gate crash into your business at the time of fruitfulness. He will gate crash when you are just about to write your final exam for that paper. He will gate crash after you've gone through so many interviews and you've gotten to the final point. That is when he shows up. He is a gate crasher. The Bible tells us that the Philistines came in. Another thing you should note is that they gathered as a troop. The Philistines gathered as a troop. When the enemy comes, he doesn't come as an individual. When the enemy comes, he doesn't come like droplets of water. When the enemy comes, sometimes it feels like he outnumbers you. Sometimes when the enemy comes, it feels overwhelming. You wake up in the morning and you're overwhelmed with depression. You wake up in the morning and you're overwhelmed with fear. You wake up in the morning and you're overwhelmed with doubt. Because when the enemy shows up, he shows up like a troop. But I remember Elisha telling his servants, God, open his eyes. The Bible tells us that Elisha's servants, he stood out and he saw that the Syrian army had gathered around Elijah. He saw horses and he saw chariots. And he became overwhelmed because he thought that there were more than that who, who was with them. Elisha prayed to God. And Elisha said, God, open his eyes that he may see that those who are for us are more than those who are against us. And in this morning, I want you to know that though the Philistines come as a troop, that who is in you, who is sitting on the inside of you, is greater than who wants to attack you. You have more with you than against you. You have more sitting on the inside of you. If God should open your eyes, you'll be amazed. There is no way you can lose. There is no way you can lose. There is no way you can die. There is absolutely no way you can die. The third thing is that the people 
fled. These same people that had taken their time to cultivate their land. These same people that had believed God for seed. These same people that had trusted God to give them a breakthrough. And now finally they are at that point. That tipping point of breakthrough. They are just about to taste and see that the Lord is good. They see the enemies come in. They see the enemies come in like a troop. And the Bible tells us that they abandon their blessing. They abandon their portion. Sometimes we live through life and we've forgotten that God has promised you peace of mind. That God has promised you health, healing from the crown of your head to the soles of your feet. That before you even became a Christian, Jesus on the cross of Calvary, because of the stripes that he bore, it tells us that we were already healed. That healing is your portion. But the Bible tells us that these guys had worked hard on their field. They had believed God. And now it's time to eat the increase. They see the opposition. They see the adversaries and they flee. Anything that has caused you to flee from what is your portion, this morning we will take it back. We will defend it. There is no way the enemy can come near you. And this morning we we are on a warfare trajectory. Are you ready to fight? Finally, Shama. God bless Shama. Whenever I read the Bible and I, I get to places like this, I'm like, thank you, Lord, for your word. Because your word gives us strength. If somebody could do it, I can do it. So thank God for Shama. When others left their blessing, when others were intimidated by the plans and the schemes and the wiles of the enemy, when others thought that it was over, the Bible tells us that Shammah stationed himself in the middle of the field and he defended it. That Shammah stood his ground. He planted his feet. His faith rose up. His trust held up. His hope was not intimidated. He took his ground and he said, not today, Satan. He said, not today. This is my portion. This is what God has promised me. This is the vision he has placed in me. This is my dream. This is my marriage. This is my mind. There is no way. This is the blessing that God has given to me. And summer, instead of running like the others, the Bible tells us that he stationed himself. That he planted his feet. That he stood his ground. And I know there are shamans in this room. And in this morning, we are going to push in prayer. Because we can't allow the enemy to lie to us anymore. We can't allow the enemy to steal from us anymore. In this 40 days of power, we are taking back what the enemy has stolen from us. And we are standing our ground and defending that which God 
has given to us. The Bible said he stood his ground. He killed his enemies. And God gave God the victory. It's not about you. It's about the victory that God gets. It's about the glory that God gets. Thank you for listening to the message. God bless you.